And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, what's this episode called? The Windy, Windy, Windy episode. Why yeah. is it the Windy episode? Well, we've got Storm Eunice windy. rolling through, haven't we? Eunice? Is that a he or a she? I believe it's a female name. Um, often uh, grandparents are named Eunice. Ah, I like it. It's so. me. It's a Auntie Eunice, <laughs> but it's not. Doesn't it's not always females, is it? Was it? No, they they have a list that is just pre-prepared. Next up is um, oh fuck, I heard it on the radio. I want to say Fernando, but it's not. But it's an F. Oh, it's that would be male. great. Yeah, it's like Fernando. But yeah, <laughs> they have a predetermined list for hurricanes and storms where they just bang, bang, bang. Just, just get them just through pick, them all. Just pick it out. That's brilliant. Exactly that. But um, yeah, we're, so we're yes, Storm being... Eunice is it's in full swing. Yeah, we are. We're being battered, aren't we? We're uh, that's the strongest winds in thirty odd years, apparently. Strongest so... winds in history. Oh, is Isle it? of Wight got hit. Oh, one hundred twenty mile wind. Got one hundred twenty mile. That's like that's pretty big time. Usually, you know, the UK is like oh the. The worst weather in, you know, in a hundred years, but like compared to most other countries, it's just like basically just like a bad day. Mm. Whereas um, I'm looking out the window and outside my house are some pretty large trees that I'm getting a little bit nervous about. I won't lie, because <laughs> if one of them goes and it goes the wrong way, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm literally, yeah. and, I mean, it would be the best performing podcast of all time if I get wiped out halfway through. <laughs> And it could happen. I've actually, it I've actually happen. just seen a toddler come flying past my window <laughs> <laughs> on the way back from the school run. Uh, oh, it's carnage. It's that Parents carnage. flying him like a kite. <laughs> <laughs> There's bins everywhere. There's fence panels everywhere. This is as, uh, as crazy as it gets, really, in the UK, isn't it? Wind-wise. Yeah. Chaos. Absolute chaos. But, so you know, I think... If you're a kite man, are you a kite man? Am I a kite man? <laughs> I know we've got a few kite listeners. That doesn't Basically make sense like, either. Yeah. Are you a virgin? Yes. Then you must be a kite man as well. No, I'm not a kite man. You just look um, like a type of bloke who would love pinging a kite around. You've got that big field at the back of your house. Have got a uh, have got a good story about a kite though. So I, well, maybe I was on the road to becoming a kite man as a young man. Um, got one of those big power kites. Um, I'm not even sure that's what they're called. I've just named it a power kite. Because oh, it's basically good. a big kite, but almost like the kites that you would kite board with, mm. but without the the ocean. And uh, I got one. Um, this one must have been fucking I don't know, thirteen years old. <laughs> I was twenty eight. I uh, got one um, <laughs> and took it out to fly on the downs in Bristol. It's a big kind of uh, park area. Uh, got it up, and um, my stepdad Ian was like, "Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, got the kite up. <laughs> yeah, it's too early for that. Come on, that's now. cheap. That is um, sorry." Uh, Ian got it up and was like, I forgot it, the kite. And uh, was like, all right, yeah, got it. And it was a pretty windy day. And this thing picked him up off the floor, like 
he flew through the air. It dumped him down, dragged him along the floor. Like I'm there, like absolutely pissing myself. Like this is incredible. He's shattered his collarbone completely, so he's like writhing in pain, but is still won't let go of the kite. So he's being fucking dragged hundreds of meters across Bristol, whilst I'm like pissing myself with laughter. Like this is the best thing I've ever seen. So before fucking camera phones, so it's all just in my head. Uh, and yeah, he, he was in a in a sling for about two that months. That is after. absolutely amazing. I love how he's not letting kite... go. It's like, too expensive. I know. Just like, he mustn't let go. So that kite, I think, got packed back into its bag and just chucked in the river. Uh, oh, I think, that so totally makes yeah. sense. Then this your kiting career over. <laughs> so maybe I am a kite man. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that is absolutely but, uh, amazing. I do. I know the exact kites that you're talking about. I actually did that at mm. a, a stag do I went to last year. Um, you went kiting on a stag do. So we were supposed hell, to be hell of a stag do. Yeah, oh, it was uh, it was riveting. But it was supposed to be. <laughs> they'll set the scene. It was supposed to be kite boarding. You know when you, but like mm-hmm. in the sea. Oh no, yeah. on the beach. Sorry, on like the beach buggies. Not oh, windy enough. That's that so scary. They just um, continued with the same two and a half hour time allocation for just kiting on a non-windy day. It was. <laughs> And during the uh, British Lions tour, so we were kiting instead of watching the rugby. Criminal. What? Yep. Who's who? Whoever the best man is on that deserves to be put down. Oh, That's we absurd. Were, we were giving him all sorts behind his back, not to his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a separate WhatsApp group that he wasn't but part yeah. of. Um, yeah. Wow. So, okay. But Bo, what so, a start! What a start! To yeah, I mean, just straight into kiting. You know, some some <laughs> people may call kiting adventure. It's not, but some people may call it adventure. You know, adventure <laughs> well, it is, is if you mindset. get thrown and slammed on the ground yeah, and dragged two hundred yeah, yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, this episode, you know, is going to have a theme of wind and weather, and I know. We've obviously told a lot of adventure stories in the past, and weather has always played a part of it, but always a small part of it. Guess so what? We're going to go into a bit. What? We got more adventure stories for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk you through the Atlantic. Have you heard about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really good adventure. You're going to love it. Um, but we're going to dig into some of the the weather cycles, the weather challenges that we faced in various adventure circumstances go into a bit more detail um and just yeah focus on all things wind and weather um so why don't you kick it off what was your first story the first paint the picture where are we what are we doing uh and then we can go into the weather i'm gonna go to um firstly i I bet people weren't expecting a a full-fledged weather episode so you're welcome Um, you are welcome I'm going to go to Patagonia. Um, Patagonia. Our savage adventure triathlon that we did down in the region, which uh, for those that don't know, Patagonia in itself is one of the windiest places in the world. Um, I'm pretty sure their standard wind is is what we're experiencing today with Storm Eunice. Um, So we decided to ride a bike and then run and then do stand up paddleboard um the first and the latter of those three are quite heavily affected by the wind and weather conditions um but this story actually comes from the middle discipline the run 
and uh we were so the, the run is like a the, the route is a 65 kilometer trail called the wemmel circuit the wemmel circuit thank you um no and that is a famous slash you've never heard of it hiking trail um <laughs> from a again famous slash you've never heard of it mountain town called el chalten uh which is a bit of the the climbing mecca or is the climbing mecca down in patagonia uh so the route went from there around this wormhole circuit which essentially went around this mountain range um over some glaciers and back down alongside the uh, the big glacial lake until we got back and pretty much halfway the halfway point was this this pass called help again paso del viento the pass paso. of wind or the windy the windy passage i think it translated to <laughs> yeah which is i know a, I know a few of them names, <laughs> <laughs> but um the windy passage we found ourselves in so it was I actually was watching a video. This is what I do in my spare time. How sad is watch mm. videos from our adventures on the on my phone, <laughs> <laughs> just with a tear um, in the eye. <laughs> yeah, I was going Not back good old cle- days. clearly to look for something on uh, to put on Instagram or something. And um, <laughs> yeah, we we were. It's literally halfway in, so we're thirty kilometers into this sixty-five k route, and um, we're on top of Paso del Viento. And it is, let me tell you, blowing an absolute hooly. Um, and it, it was mental, wasn't it? I mean, the fact that we were pretty shattered by the time we got there. We left at three in the morning. We got to Paso del Viento at like, well, we were eight hours in, according to uh, your watch on the video. And we'd already like, basically, that was like the highest point of the route. We'd crossed this, done this big traverse over this raging river. We were already pretty fucked with no real idea of what was left in store weren't we but it's, it's uh, do you know what I, I actually saw the same video that you're referring to not that long ago apple served it up on a plate for me, <laughs> a bit of a reminder um and actually that that scene like because we kind of pan around 360 don't we and maybe we'll post it on our instagram um but you know we were completely alone no other humans around um you know apart from back in the town that we'd left 30 kilometers away we were amongst these huge glaciers and like jagged peaks all around us. And then like on one side and then on the other side was the glacial, uh, the kind of the ice field, the Patagonian ice field that is like ginormous, big, just kind of crevasses and glaciers and stuff. And yeah, we were on top of that and the wind, it was just like pummeling us, but I don't know. It, it felt like we were on another planet. It was so remote and just so crazy. We were just there in a pair of Nike trainers. Um, Not good enough for the tiny job, backpack on. No, no. Like, and we're walking <laughs> on ice and deep snow. And it was, it was, ins- if you actually think about it, if you think about where we were and what we were doing, it's absolutely mental. And it was such an epic place. But the wind in the whole of Patagonia was, was almost like, it was almost like an adversary, an, an adversary, wasn't it? It was almost like this thing that had, you know, a personality and character. It was almost like this kind of like the next level of like adventure mm. where, you know, the terrain was bad, but it would made, would be made like a thousand times worse by whatever the weather was doing. And, you know, Patagonia on paper is the second windiest place on the planet. The first is Antarctica, which you can barely count because no one goes there. So it's literally, it just gets hammered by wind. It's like world famous for the wind. And we went there on bikes, you know, 
cycling in the wind anywhere is hard. Cycling through sandy gravel roads for hundreds of miles every day in a blizzard that's, you know, 70 mile an hour gusts. It was it was like one of the most depleting kind of feelings I think I've ever had that we just weren't going anywhere and we were pedaling flat out and we were yeah, getting blown it's, off it's the bikes because our, our feet were locked in. It was carnage, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's great when it's behind you in the on the rare occasion giving you a bit of a push. Um, but naturally, we got stitched by the headwind or it at least felt like we had a headwind the entire time. And yeah, you're talking 60 mile an hour block headwind not going anywhere we're carrying everything most of which in hindsight completely unnecessary that's actually one of the big the big things that i like makes me laugh about patagonia was just the logistical nightmare and then our strategy behind it was phenomenal is on one on one side we are so obviously when you're cycling that far you've got to be weight conscious no not us we took three liters of canned wine which is so ridiculous so (laughs) ridiculous yeah they're they're a sponsor um so you do you do everything you sell out and you carry everything you possibly can (laughs) it was we took about a kilo of freshly roasted coffee coffee. Coffee. Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. which was good coffee Uh, and wine (laughs) but we did save weight on the inflatable tent that we carried so that was good yeah so that was also another yeah, so we made the incredible decision of taking what I didn't even know existed before Patagonia, an inflatable tent to the second windiest place on the planet. And it was literally like it was like the material of a bouncy castle with canvas in between it. And what possessed us to do that, apart from we got given it for free by the, the brand, like why why did they even give it to us? They knew where we were going. What a stupid place to test your product. Because it was <laughs> shite. It was it was so unfit for purpose. I can't even I think, put word like. Yeah, oh. I think it's meant for like a, a stiff breeze, um, and I get I, I get the thinking of like poles might break, but it it just this wind just didn't relent. So the t- the top of the tent was just on top of us the entire time. Oh my god! And it was like torture, wasn't it? Slow torture. Well, he's just trying to go to sleep, but someone put a, a well, basically a plastic bag over your head whilst they're trying to sleep. The, the <laughs> tent was just flat. <laughs> I just remember lying there, like it's like three a.m., four a.m., five a.m. So like we got to get up at seven a.m. and start cycling, and it was just like, well, I, I can't sleep. It's just like, oh, <laughs> therefore, was, can't cycle. Yeah, yeah, and I'm fucking freezing cold. But I yeah. do have some coffee. Uh, <laughs> that I'm going to grind. Yeah, thank in the morning. God for that. That was um, a touch, to be fair. What were the other thing that the, cracked me up the other day? Yeah. Just to just to go back to the run was the the food that we packed right for a sixty five <laughs> kilometer ultra trail was basically one foot long subway sandwich each <laughs> yeah. and two chocolate bars. Oh my it was god! A massive baguette, wasn't it? Massive. It was so thick and <laughs> it was dry. Huge. It was like a it was like a loaf of bread that had been chopped in <laughs> half, a couple of bits of ham and cheese, and then a load of lettuce. And it was like, right, perfect, done, nutrition sorted. And oh my god, you hear people talking about bonking on the bike or on the marathon. Honestly, that was the world's largest bonk of, I'm not moving anywhere. Just wrap me up and call it a day. I think I'd rather die. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> Blood sugar dig our own graves. <laughs> Literally. But the the wind was bad on the run, but not like 
you know, it was just tiring, just being pummeled by it. The bike was savage for sure. Mm. But I don't think out of the three, anything compared to the effect that the wind had on us when we tried to stand up paddleboard down the Laliona River. It had never been paddleboarded before. Uh, we had actually planned to uh, kayak it uh, until a month out. We got another sponsor, Red Paddle, who were like, well, you know, we'll give you some paddleboards. We'll give you a bit of money for the adventure if you paddleboard it. And it was like, perfect. Never paddleboarded before in our lives, but we'll do it. So these paddle boards obviously are inflatable as well. We basically are like balloon merchants in Patagonia. <laughs> so we pump up these paddle boards, get onto this river. And essentially, you know, if you drop like a cocktail umbrella into water and it just spins around and just gets thrown all over the shop. It was like that. Uh, had carnage, no control over where we were going, how we were going to get there, which way we were facing. Uh, it was awful. Awful, that, awful. That is awful. another one that when you look back on it, it's like, that is so ridiculous. Our planning for that, a hundred kilometer river, it's called the Laliona River. Again, obviously windiest, second windiest place on the planet. And we had no idea what was around each and every corner. We literally planned it by trying to zoom in as far as we could on Google Maps, <laughs> which is ridiculous. And you'd be coming up to like a blind bend and you just start to hear these like roaring rapids. And we had we had no idea what was around the next bend. We were just victim to the wind and the uh, the current, and it, it's so so stupid. My um, fin fell off about three meters oh, from us pushing yeah. off within within the first thirty seconds. The fin of your board fell off and was never found again. So you essentially <laughs> were just on a tea tray, yeah, uh, for two days. It was it was <laughs> you were absolutely... on a surfboard, <laughs> and again, it's the middle of nowhere. That was like when we were in the middle there. We were about a hundred miles away from the nearest little town. That's yeah. mental. Mm. It Brilliant is mental though. when you look back at it. Like Brilliant. Do you find ourselves in some? Pretty stupid situations with <laughs> no real backing to be there. Like, Nothing. if something goes wrong one day, if something goes wrong, we could be in quite a lot of trouble. Because, you know, yeah. if, if something happened, if one of us broke our legs on that run, if one of us broke our legs on the on the paddleboard, um, not sure how we deal with it. Because we have no idea what to do in that situation, really. No. Get a piggyback committee. <laughs> piggyback, yeah. It's just like... Yeah, I mean, but but like it could have so easily happened on the run as well. Well, there are multiple points on there, but it was like, oh, hang on, if I just put one foot wrong, I'm going for a hell of a tumble. Mm. Breaking legs probably the least of your worries. It truly is, but you know, yeah, Patagonia, second windiest place, been there, done it. It was ridiculous. Should we move on to story number two? Yeah, go for it. You uh, you can lead right. the way. So I think this is probably the most famous of all of our weather escapades. And that was uh, halfway through our Atlantic row going through Hurricane Alex, which was, you know, the first hurricane to form in the Atlantic uh, during that period of the year for over half a decade. And, you know, we left in December to go through December, through January into February with the uh, apparent uh, kind of safety net that you know that's not hurricane season there's there's very few storms should be pretty good following winds and um, that wasn't the case and you know we had a pretty interesting relationship with the weather throughout the whole row you know it was pretty remarkable actually what 
the weather did to our mood and you know periods of time for me anyway when I look back were actually you know I've almost got many little stories of periods of time that are dictated by the weather like when there was no Mm. wind it was awful because it was hot and it was so hard to row and this the ocean was do you remember that the ocean was like it was like a mirror wasn't it Mm. like so I I had no idea that the ocean could do that like it was like not a ripple for as far as you could see and it was dead silent and we're just there like just like our oars going into the water and it's like this is so weird considering we're 2,000 miles away from anywhere and it's like a mill pond like it's so strange those situations that you just mm. don't really understand that that exists until you're in it it was it was crazy wasn't it and I actually think like one of the things that stands out for me was the <clears throat> I think it's I think it's called a squall where yeah we, we could almost see a weather system and it was like it was literally like a wall the difference between being in it and not being in it and the yeah the impact that had on our ability to row or to move anywhere or to be in any any sort of control and it went from it you know it was almost like someone had turned the lights off and like that, that it was so it was so strange it must have yeah it, it, it just was really surprising to me how it can go so suddenly from one type of weather to the extreme opposite and there it not even feel like there's a gradual change it was literally like someone flicking a switch and then being like oh shit we're like completely at the mercy of this whole thing it's crazy it's odd isn't it because i remember before we went on the row um my mum was telling me because she obviously sailed the atlantic in that race and she was telling me about you know when they went through <clears throat> went through the doldrums where there's just no wind for weeks and whatnot and she mentioned these squalls where the weather changes really quickly but you know for for those that aren't aware like a squall is basically it's almost like a little rogue weather system which doesn't come up on any weather maps they just basically just they're essentially just roaming around oceans and you can't see where they are on any of the system maps or anything but it could be like a kilometer square just patch of cloud or whatever but it's its own little micro weather system and you know it it was literally that wasn't it we could see it you know how sometimes you can see in the distance rain and it's kind of that you see that kind of like shimmering rain in the distance you know it's coming but i remember being in one we went into one the weather the the temperature dropped by like 10 degrees within Mm. five seconds it got completely dark started raining and then the wind just switched direction it spun us around yeah yeah and and, but what was so because we were in it for almost a full day but what was so weird was you could see the edge of it. It must have been less than 500 meters away. Yeah. And you could see the edge of it. And beyond the edge, like it was sunny and there was like no wind and it wasn't rough. We just couldn't we, get there. But we couldn't, we couldn't get out of it. And like, I remember, and then remember that the lightning was like started striking in it and it yeah. was like fork lightning. And we were, I remember we were like, what the fuck do we do? What do we do? And I <laughs> tried to Google um we turned the uh the satellite on and i tried to google like what do you do when there's a lightning storm uh on a boat in the ocean mental google shock <laughs> horror it, it didn't even work <laughs> probably because so we're in a you've lightning got storm in the ocean <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, so you're fucked but like yeah you, <laughs> everything any kind of google is like you, you've probably got cancer or you're dying yeah. or something else it's like oh my god um but like like <laughs> It was just like, what do we do? And we were just sat there, just like, we're just going to have to keep trying to row out of this thing. But it was, oh, it was insane. But, you know, 
all those moments were, you know, completely trumped by the hurricane. Uh, yeah. So maybe tell us the lead up to the hurricane, you know, how our online support got it just oh so right um, <laughs> and kind of how we went into it. Yeah, so we had land support obviously in the UK that when I think about it now, I think we were just a pure inconvenience for them. Um, <laughs> we, we were asking, you know, we were supposed to get weather updates. I'm pretty sure they had some email just automated that would ping it's out bollocks, at 9 a.m. Just making bollocks. it up every time. And it was, um, yeah, you're going to have glorious weather. Oh, shock horror. No. And it was wrong. The weather forecasting from them was wrong. I think 100% of the time, if not 99%. Yeah. At um, least it was consistent. We, yeah, exactly. Remarkable how wrong they could be. Um, and we had uh, like this weather system somewhere near us that they they kind of flagged for us and you know nothing to worry about. But if we see it, um, like they're aware of it, it, it should pass by. It'd be absolutely nothing. A couple of days later, we spoke to those guys again, and they said that that system was moving a bit more towards us and it you know it, it won't get close but it will suck up some of our wind and our waves and make rowing tough for a day or so but then after that we've got a clear 20 day window for champagne rowing all the way into barbados and then naturally two days after that conversation we actually ended up going through what was the first hurricane to form in that part of the atlantic in the last 65 years um so they obviously fucking nailed the the weather forecasting <laughs> and you know we had you know from, from at what point did we were we actually told that it was a hurricane and that we were actually going to be going straight through the middle of it i think it was about 24 hours out we um we managed to get them on the phone which was good of them um because <laughs> you know it, it was a normal storm then it grew and you know basically a hurricane is just a storm that gets to a certain level before it gets graded as a hurricane and then by the time it got down to us, it had been, you know, um, named Hurricane Alex. And, you know, we just went 24 hours notice, but it's like, you're, you're going to go straight through the middle of it. And it's just like, right, okay, what do we do? And they're like, right, you need to put your power anchor out, which is a big uh, parachute that goes underwater, essentially a big handbrake for the boat. You need to strap everything down. You need to basically make yourselves comfortable in the cabin, uh, sort everything out. Uh, make sure everything is sealed and just lock yourself in the cabin and just wait till it's done. And it's like, wow, the cabin is the size of a single bed. The boat is made out of MDF. Uh, and it was just weird. It's just a weird feeling being like, we're gonna, probably going to be in here for about three days. Mm. And that's what it ended up being. And I mean, it, it was, it was, a, I can't even remember like the the majority of it. I just remember we were just, in there watching films and just you co you're constantly on edge because you're just expecting to be barreled yeah the we, swell we, was <laughs> so big we started didn't we absolute shocking like response to it just fuming probably a little mm. bit with the fact that we'd been told the wrong i think when you live a very simple life of trying to get to one place and all you're doing is like that's literally all you're doing with your life is rowing to try and get to that place and then the people that you like trust the most, the most qualified are like, yeah, it's going to be golden. Like you're going to cruise all the way in. You like obviously hang on to that sort of thing because it's still tough and it's still pretty shit. And then when that's wrong, you, you know, t take it personally, which doesn't help the situation at all. Um, so yeah, it was like, we're faced with three days. Let's bunker down. Um, 
and I remember when we first, you know, when the weather first started hitting and you're talking like 60, 70 foot rolling swells, like massive waves. We're just this tiny boat, luckily. So it actually is not as bad as if you're a big sort of freighter in that situation. And, uh, and then popping the iPad on the, um, like on the, the sucker pad inside and watching films was like a genuine game changer. We played, we should have brought all of the meals in to the cabin, oh, yeah. like for, yeah. for that period of time and just gone mm-hmm. through it. But for some reason we played rock, paper, scissors at every meal time to, to, for that loser to go and then go to the back, a little hatch to go and get the freeze dried food to bring it back. I think we just enjoyed the rush because even when we did it it's the first stupid, time, isn't it? It's we just stupid. even the first time we didn't bring in more than one meal each. <laughs> no, it, it does show quite a lack of intellect. I think that decision that's yeah. pretty dumb. Like, Genu- I think awful chimp, common sense. I think a chimp, like, <laughs> even a squirrel, knows to accumulate food. So true. Like small mammals do it just instinctively, <laughs> and we we couldn't figure out that maybe let's risk our life once. And bring it all in. It, no, let's do it three times a day. Dessert? Yeah, I'll go out. <laughs> no, no worries. There's a Mars bar in no there worries. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, I, but on the flip side to that, that was particularly stupid. But what was a stroke of genius is the iPad, mm. and I, I don't know of anyone else who's done that. And no one gave us that advice when we were prepping for the row. The iPad case with a sucker pad on it to stick to the cabin. And we we must have taken well, an entire hard drive full of films and series, didn't we, that we downloaded. Um, and complete game changer, complete game changer. Watching Entourage and Anchorman and like all these amazing films just takes your mind off the fact you're sat in a hurricane. Honestly, um, it was the, so, the difference between... I like genuinely think it was that good. It was the difference between the whole trip being like manageable and us actually having an epic time for two months. It was mm. like that much of a game changer. You know, I we were actually agree. on Power Anchor for I think we were on Power Anchor for like seven days in total on the whole trip, which is quite a lot. Yeah. You know, some mm. some people that do it cruise across, don't experience any bad weather, any bad winds or whatever. So seven days, we could make any progress. So it's obviously a game changer in that time when you've got very little you can do. But it equal, and then equally at nighttime, rowing, an absolute game changer. Genius move. Yeah. I, think that was your, I think that was your shout as genius. Yeah, one of the only genius moves I've ever provided. <laughs> but it was, it was a good one, I have to say. So yeah, three days in the cabin, got pushed back over 100 miles. But you know, I think that hurricane... You know, we reference it quite a lot in, you know, our keynote and a lot of the work we do with, you know, it it was such a massive moment for us because we went through it and came out with this new sense of urgency to get to the other side. And it was something in those three days when we actually became quite comfortable on the boat and became fit. And it really was almost like a bit of a turning point for us. And we wrote the worst ever business plan for the Tempest 2 in that hurricane. Yeah. So, you know, without those three days being strapped in there, like white knuckle ride, you, you don't know, like maybe none of this would have happened. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's arguably the, the spark for the adventure mindset mm. comes from that hurricane. Oh, look at that. Get that on a <laughs> Get it on a billboard, lads. <laughs> That's why they pay us the big bucks. <laughs> 
No one's paid us the big bucks in a while, but <laughs> they will <laughs> do. Why. They will do. <laughs> oh yes, it's coming. It's surely coming. Um, okay, so hurricane tick. Uh, third and final story is obviously the most recent adventure, uh, and probably the place you want wind the least. The least, and doesn't often provide wind, but some for some reason. Well, I can tell you the reason. I can tell you the reason now. You are the reason. You are the reason that we had terrible weather in Patagonia. You're the reason (laughs) we had hurricane, seven days on power anchor on the Atlantic. And you're the reason that maybe the least windy place on the planet of uh, Yosemite (laughs) had basically (laughs) shut the entire valley down for high winds just the day before we were going to make the uh, ascent of our lives. So you are the reason. For some reason, there's something with your aura that just attracts <laughs> terrible terrible Shit weather, weather. <laughs> it is quite weird though isn't it yeah like because it it's become a bit of an ongoing joke now that i'm slightly cursed with weather but it's it's becoming a little bit worrying because you know outside of the adventures you know that time i went to the us uh and drove a camper van for two weeks with manny the worst rain they'd seen in a hundred years <laughs> Basically, it was basically a canoe, a canoeing trip. <laughs> like it was like, should we drive down the one? It's meant to be stunning. It's like the one is shut because it's the biggest landslide anyone's ever seen. It's like awesome, um, and like and then the Icelandic volcano, um, the hurricane, Patagonia. Even as recent um, as Malmo, I'm going to blame you for that. <laughs> yeah, just shit weather follows me, and uh, yeah, El Cap. I mean. Considering we spent um, what was, you know, a total of a month living in the valley and every single day we were there, it was bluebird, perfect weather, like stunning mm. every day. And then um, the day we like decided, right, OK, if we're going to climb it in, in four days. Absolutely fine. The day before the news started coming up and it was so American, wasn't it? It was like, dude, like news just in, like. Devil winds rip across California. And it was like, what? Wait, what is a devil wind? And it was this like random, huge windstorm. And it was when the the uh, the fires were going on. And so it was basically this massive windstorm was picking up these these bushfires, and it was just ripping across California. And um, they evacuated the whole of Yosemite Valley, didn't they? Yeah, like the night before, because the winds were so bad, and they thought that the well, I mean, we saw all the fires, you know, the orange sky, and all the ash falling. You know, they were only you know a couple of miles outside the park. Like this is all happening when we've got about twelve hours before we're about to set off for climbing El Cap. Remember, we were trying to find petrol. We couldn't. Like, all the petrol stations were shut. Like it yeah. was like chaos. Yeah, absolute chaos. It was carnage, wasn't it? And we so we the day before like that happened we we climbed up to there's like a little certain ledge where we were gonna take our bag to uh because the route moves quite far from left to right like early on on the nose so we were going to get that bit of carrying the bag out of the way and, and put it on this put it on this ledge and you kind of would tie it to the anchor lower it off so, so it's out of people's way and it would sit there, you know, the bag's about 60 kilos with water, everything you need, obviously, for three days. And then the plan being that on the day of your ascent, you climb up and you get to your bag. And it means that you've done that first little stretch without bags. It's a bit quicker. And obviously, we'd docked the bag 
the day before the windiest day in history, basically, in Yosemite <laughs> Valley. And we've just got visions of our bag with all of our kit just bouncing around the face of El Cap just below where we docked it, which again was really testing our ability to tie knots and secure something very heavy to a wall. Just well, we, we were convinced, weren't we? Even when we got down into the valley and we were, I remember we parked up and we were like, the first thing we wanted to do was try and find the bag in terms of where, where it was and if we could see it on the wall. And we couldn't see it, could we? We were like, "Shit, it's been it's been blown off the wall." Like, and if that if that had happened, we would have been so screwed. Yeah, so screwed because it would have fallen like you know a thousand feet or whatever yeah. it was. Broken. Um, yeah, we've been absolutely trash. Fucked everything inside. If we could find it anyway, um, and if it hadn't killed someone by dropping on their head, but luckily it was there. But it must have. Oh my god, it must have been absolutely annihilated through through that evening. But you know, it was so eerie that morning that we started climbing because it was, you know, as we said earlier, the, the sky was literally orange from the fires around the park. There was no one there. And usually there's loads of tourists and stuff. But this day, you know, the park was shut. No one there. And like when we started climbing, the wind was just, I remember like my, my, uh, the jacket I was wearing, the hood just kept getting like blown over my face and stuff. And it, you know, when you're climbing, pretty nervous anyway like we couldn't hear each other like no speaking was just not an option you could even shouting you couldn't hear anything and it was so intimidating wasn't it it was just like it couldn't have gone much worse in terms of a weather point of view other than it raining um and it was oh god i remember just, i was shitting myself it was just yeah, so intimidating that was the worst part is when you can't communicate and you literally couldn't hear a word it just makes something that's already very savage and like really hard just that much more difficult. It was uh, it was absolutely classic. And then on the second day, the wind had kind of disappeared and it was like, oh God, it made such a difference. You know, the wind is mm. it's pretty fatiguing anyway, isn't it? Even if you're just out on it for half an hour on a dog walk or something, you come back and you know that it's been super windy. And when you're out there all day, it's... Uh, Oh God, we went we were battered on that first day. It was absolutely carnage. I think it's the worst I think it's the worst weather. Yeah, I agree. Bad hundred percent. You know, really strong wind. Yeah, I, I do hate rain to be fair, but um <laughs> if you're on a walk, even if you're on a walk and it's super windy, it's just crap, isn't it? Because it yeah. is like really tiring. It's just it's like you're just getting pummeled in the face and um just makes everything way harder. Yeah. Um and yeah, but we've dealt with the worst of it. So now everyone's experiencing uh, just a slight suggestion of what we've been through. But you know what's funny? So they actually heard on the radio earlier, it was like, it should all stop around three. What's the time now? Half four. It's gone half four. It's completely stopped outside. Oh, has it? Yeah, it's completely still now. I look forward to that. I'm still getting battered. There's a fence post I'm um, just watching. Old Eunice has passed. See you later. See, bring on Fernando. Bring on, <laughs> <laughs> bring on Storm Fernando. Um, yeah. So, Can't. three great stories of weather there. I quite that's quite a nice direction to this episode. I quite like having maybe a topic. Yeah, south southwest. Talk about. South southwest. Sorry, I just went. I always went by wind direction. Sorry. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I just um, can't not. There are many more stories, Morocco on the bikes, etc. But we won't go into any more. I think three is enough. But why don't we move on to um, both of our failures of the week? Mm. 
What? I'll, um... uh, I'll go first because mine. Um, okay. <laughs> m- mine doesn't doesn't change too much. I just I want I just want to share my ongoing pain from the failure that I mentioned last week, which is my camper van, my pride and joy. Van life. Which, which <laughs> my hobby, expensive hobby, um, has since last week just remained in a very technical uh, garage. <laughs> and there's just a running joke that the guy just calls me every day and offers up some new problem and the cost of fixing said problem. Um, at this point, the van is actually completely in pieces. It's been in pieces all week. So him saying, you know, this is that's uh, 130 quid. And I said, right, what you know, what if I, what if I don't want to do that? He's like, oh, you haven't got a choice. I'm basically just <laughs> letting you know that. But you, when we were in the office yesterday, he called you, didn't he? You? you were like, fucking hell, it's the van, man. Picked up, and I, I could overhear the conversation. You're like, yep, yeah, right. And then he just went, and is there an alternative to that? No. Okay, good to know. Perfect. <laughs> Go ahead then. <laughs> Honestly, like, cool, so there's no other way. Literally, I, he. I hope I'm on his Christmas list this year. I feel like, you know, what agencies they get, you know, they get their corporates a lot of nice gifts and stuff. This is basically yeah, what this relationship is like. Client this servicing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, treat like me that. well, because no doubt Take I'll be back stri- there very strippers. soon. Um, mm. But <laughs> yeah, pardon. <laughs> I would never. I would never. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not a Milton Keynes, anyway. <laughs> no, the Phoenix is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Okay. Apparently, apparently okay. it's a nice company. establishment. Maybe a company getaway. Yeah, getaway, get, get away, literally get away from me. <laughs> yeah, literally uh, get the fuck <laughs> off me. <laughs> um, but so yeah, well, um, he's actually he actually called me a couple of hours ago, and apparently it's ready. Good. So um, oh yeah, so oh, we'll we, see. we should we should record a podcast in the van one day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on uh, like yeah, we did with Alex. You know trip. our good friend Alex. Oh yeah, still waiting for a text God, back I miss him. from Alex. But <laughs> yeah, I sent him a voice note earlier, but not getting through. It's got blue ticks <laughs> on it as well, which is weird. But maybe he's a minimalist, so he probably doesn't look at it. <laughs> yeah, probably, I'll send him an work email. Audio. Well. I'll send him an email. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll call Sani. She's also a friend. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, so, so that's my failure. What, what is yep. what is yours? And actually, okay, so my failure, <laughs> my failure actually is very recent. It's this morning. Um, this happened, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you probably will notice that uh, you know we've been talking about weather today. You may notice I look very, very tanned. Um, and the reason for that isn't that I've been on holiday. The reason for that is last night, just before getting into bed, when I was you know going through my cosmetic routine of tone cleanse wax um manny was like oh i've got this i've got this new uh tinted uh, no what is it it's like a, a fake tan oil that you add to a moisturizer she was like it's meant to be absolutely amazing you know, she's got a cupboard full of fake tans that she tries once and she's like this this is shite i look like an idiot or it smells weird or you know most fake tan they just look awful don't they really yeah so she was like you know you just you add a drop to your moisturizer and use moisturizer as normal i was like absolutely amazing like of course i'm in like i have no shame in saying i would love to look a little bit tinted a little bit sun-kissed fine <laughs> so I, I did it unsupervised which was my first error so you know i put it onto, onto my moisturizer and i was like okay it's one drop or whatever but it's like almost like a pipette so i essentially just thought you know one drop is a pipette so bang 
rubbed it around. And I, I've obviously got a beard, so I need to be quite strategic. So I'm like, going around there, but I'm trying not to get it in the beard so it doesn't like, you know, when it goes into hair, it goes like orange and dark. Anyway, went to bed. It's like, perfect. I'm going to wake up looking like a hunk. Woke up, obviously had forgotten about the whole thing. Went into the bathroom and like glanced myself in the mirror and had a double take. And it was just that moment. It was like, oh, shit. My <laughs> face was like, I looked like a what's it. But not only was it bright orange, where I just hadn't applied it right, there was like this like brown mark and residue. You can still see it on my forehead. Oh. Um, a couple like, of smear oh. campaigns. Yeah, literally looked like a skid mark on my face, <laughs> and it, it was it was awful. And I've been like, I'm in the bathroom, I'm like, oh shit! And Manny's like, what was it? What was it? And I turn the corner, she's like, ah, <laughs> like pissing herself. I'm like, what the fuck? You you told me it was one drop. She was like, how much did you put in? I showed her. She was like, you fucking idiot! Oh my god! So then I'm in the bathroom with a flannel. Uh, and I've actually caused myself some damage. I scrubbed so hard. I've like ri- almost like torn the skin on my forehead. It's so painful. Um, but you, you saw me today. How did I look getting out of my new Range Rover, by the way? Yeah. Just to drop that in there. Got a new Range Rover that works. <laughs> rub that in. But how did I look? Like a hunk you, or like a twat? You looked, you looked like Gemma Collins in the tan department. Oh, okay. Obviously not right, female. Just in the tan. Okay, just in yeah, the tan department. Not female, not blonde, and not clinically yeah. obese. <laughs> but I guess that's you, know, that is you a had way of putting it. You had you had teed it up a little bit as well. And it was mm. it was still you were glowing more than I expected, even with the tee up. Yeah, and that that was like fifty percent of the glow <laughs> because I had scrubbed so hard I'd managed to dilute it slightly. But I, this has happened to me once in the past. I kind of st- I steer clear from those fake tan things because it's messed me up before. Mm. I remember um, when I was, we must have been 16, 17, and um, we'd gone out to, uh, I don't know, I think it was like Oceana or somewhere amazing like that. And uh, we're staying at my mate's and he was like, oh, I've got some, got some fake tan. Do you fancy some? It's like, yeah, absolute no brainer. Uh, put some on. I think it was his mum's and uh, didn't realize that some of these fake tans, you're meant to put it on and you you wait until you get to your peak brownness and then you shower and that stops the process. Right. Complete, complete news to me. I had no idea that was even a thing. Quite clever though. Um, but put this stuff on, not knowing that that was the case. Went out, went to bed, got up the next day, went to school, woke up the next morning and You've never seen anything like it. You've never seen anything like it. Like it was like someone had varnished our face. Oh, and we God. walk into we walk into into assembly the next day, and like hundreds and hundreds hundreds of people, and it's just like you know just a sea of the same kind of rough complexion, and then it's like two. It's like where's Wally for wankers? Two absolute. <laughs> trumps sat there just glowing like oh my god it was so embarrassing that is amazing um, yeah and it happened again happened again but I'm, maybe i'll brilliant. try it again but with a little less maybe there is some i've, I've only it, ever but... worn fake town once and that was my 21st birthday party where i went as the rock uh very strange <laughs> setup but was which firstly is hilarious because obviously the state of the bloke uh so i wore speedos and fake tan and just looked 
super weird. I could, I could I'll have to take tracksuit bottoms clearly. Uh, put them on straight away, and it was the like best, I, the best I thing about like a fifteen-year-old like, bloke. It's like who who have you come as? It's like. Who do you think I've come as? It's like, oh, no, <laughs> what do you a mean? Fucking weird swimmer. It's like no, The Rock. It's like ah. Uh, I had to keep doing the eyebrow just to try and bring people, just to ground people back to who I was. <laughs> doing the doing the people's elbow and weather. Just calling people jabronis. It was uh, <laughs> God. That was so. Well, I don't know why anyone didn't say, "Don't do that. That's a stupid don't idea. Do that. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, you don't look anything like oh, him. If you can but dig I a think... photo like that, that'll be. Fantastic. Oh, I've got some. Yeah, I think I think people wanted to really see me embarrass myself which absolutely happened so yeah that was a that was embarrassing so yeah good good couple of fails there um and then finally who's the mm. uh who's taken the crown for having the mindset the adventure mindset and just crushing it oh, this week there is no denying again very recent news from today these pilots landing planes at heathrow <laughs> and, uh, have you seen the live stream that's going on yeah. at the moment on youtube <laughs> It's, I was on it 20 minutes ago. It's got 140,000 people watching it. It's just this absolute legend of a bloke stood at Heathrow on his phone, live streaming these planes landing in 100 mile an hour winds. And he's like, oh, fuck it out. And I was listening <laughs> to him and he's just like, so in 1990, before British Airways was called British Airways, it was actually, it's, it's, like, really? it's like a history lesson and entertainment. Um, so those pilots, the nuts on those men and women unbelievable yes. unbelievable you must be shitting your pants oh, i'm i'm su- i was surprised that they're still landing there and yeah, going for it in these winds i've seen i've seen a couple of the videos where they've like touched down and then had to bail out and, and pull away mm. again and it's <sighs> wouldn't want to be a passenger Gosh. flying into that either would you <laughs> if you're a passenger who's even remotely scared of flying it's the worst day of your life isn't it cuz yeah, they're coming in they're coming in sideways. Imagine looking out your window, coming into land, and you can see the runway. It's like, wait, wh- why are we going <laughs> in sideways? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are we handbrake turning into this? This is not right. <laughs> Tokyo yeah, Drift again. That's amazing. Absolute, absolute legends. So, so good on them. To, uh, Congratulations to, to them. Yeah, legends. Mm. Big no, time. I love that. Well, good, uh, good chat, that. Good chat. Yeah, good windy thanks. chat. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks so much. Are we going to ask? Are we going to ask people for? I think it'd be good to get some um, almost like nominations for people with an adventure mindset. And if if they're cool, Definitely. maybe we could get them on. Definitely, and it, it doesn't need to be, you know, adventure mindset runs throughout everyone. It won't be celebrities. We won't get them on here. Like, <laughs> doesn't have to be people that you see in the news. But if you've got mates who've done something or you've done something that you think is a uh, living and breathing it then get in touch we'll, we'll dial you into this very high-tech setup and uh oh, yeah. you'll be famous in no time oh, yeah. fantastic well in the meantime enjoy yourselves thank you so much for joining us and uh we'll speak to you next week yeah cheers guys take it easy bye ciao, ciao. bye